Welcome to Hope. Housing opens possibilities everywhere. Habitat for Humanity of Newcastle County's new podcast for those who are interested in affordable housing in Delaware and how Habitat for Humanity works with local stakeholders to confront the affordable housing crisis and bring people together to build home, communities, and hope. Welcome to Hope. I'm your host, Kevin Smith, the CEO of Habitat for Humanity of Newcastle County. Uh, joining me today is the mayor of the city of Wilmington, Mike Przicki. Today, we're going to be discussing the city of Wilmington's initiatives to revitalize neighborhoods and increase affordable housing, including the city's partnership with Habitat for Humanity so that all of Wilmington's citizens can have a great place to live. Welcome, Mike. Kevin, great being with you. Thanks so much for being uh, on our podcast. We've been running this podcast for about a year now, and it's just wonderful to have you uh, on, uh, on the show, so to speak. Uh, let me just introduce to our audience um, your background. Uh, for those folks who may not be uh, in the area who are tuning in, uh, Mike Przicki is the city of Wilmington's 57th mayor. He is in his second term. Uh, he has a varied and diverse background uh, before becoming the mayor of the city of Wilmington. Um, he did graduate from the University of Delaware, my alma mater as well. Uh, he has worked uh, for IBM. Uh, he's been an attorney. Uh, he was elected to Newcastle County Council previously. And here in Delaware, he's uh, most well known for running the Riverfront Development Corporation here in Wilmington, which um, if you've not been to Wilmington, you need to check out our riverfront. It's amazing, uh, the transformation it's been through under Mike's leadership uh, and now leading uh, the city of Wilmington as its mayor. Did I miss anything, Mike? <laughs> yeah, you had to dip far, pretty far back to my IBM days. That was, <laughs> <laughs> it was 1967 or 68, I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, but I'm I'm sure you would say that all of that has uh, has uh, added to you know what you bring to being the mayor of the city of Wilmington and and no, you uh, know it's funny you say that because I just read one of the I couldn't tell you which one of the ancients said that uh, uh, that memory is the mother of wisdom and so the longer you live the more memories the more things you did I think I think hopefully uh, <clears throat> there the end end result is is more wisdom. You know, and that's good, because, and that's the only thing that's fair because everything else is getting broken, tired, and worn out. You know? so <laughs> at least something's working. Well, I, I would imagine uh, being a mayor, uh, the mayor of a city, a city this size, and the challenges and complications that the wisdom is much needed. Um, can you talk to us about um, a little bit about what it's like being a mayor yeah. and? And the challenges here in Wilmington, and, and particularly the challenges in trying to revitalize neighborhoods. Yeah, I uh, I was introduced once um, as mayor of the city by someone who had previously been a, been a mayor, and he said, "I want you to I want a round of applause for your mayor. I don't know anything about him, but I'm just telling you, being mayor is a hard job." That's what he said, and. Um, and I think there's some, certainly some truth to that. I mean, look, you know, everybody in elected official, everybody in elected office has the 
has it in a sense the joy but the burden of of leadership because people people complain all the time that's just the way we're built um it's interesting i was up in philadelphia uh, my son lives up there and i drive up there and i just think god what a difference between the mayor of philly and the mayor of wilmington philadelphia's got it's got massive graffiti everywhere it's got it's got grossly overgrown you know kind of weed beds everywhere it has potholes it's 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 pretty banged up in many ways and yet when you come back well frankly even being on 995 which is not Philly Excel but being on 995 you've got all this you know you can see this graffiti and it's every place right through Chester and you get to Wilmington frankly it's clean and you walk down our streets today the first thing people notice boy you've got a really clean city well, we can do that here because we get we honestly get calls about about little granular things, whereas in a big city like Philadelphia, you can't. You're the mayor of Philadelphia. You can't be calling people about a you know some some profanity written on the side of a bridge. I mean, it just you just don't have enough time in your day to do that. But here we do. So in Wilmington, it is the most, as I said, granular of of things you deal with. But in the end, it's very gratifying because that's what people really care about. I mean, people really care. You know, we get a call. We get a call about somebody who's who had someone run into the side of their house the other day. Why? Because because there's excess speeding on this particular road. And this has been an habitual thing. And so we get a call the other day on that. But we can fix that. You know, we can do something about that. Uh, you know, you talked last. You know, I know last night we, we had a little celebration over on the east side. Well, we're we're doing a lot over there that we're going to get to talk about, but it really touches people. People are so genuinely appreciative of the things you do. Right after that, we went over to the Urban Art Exchange, where we have a beautiful stage, beautiful facility in the old horse stables, which was a rundown corner of the city. Well, it changes people's lives when they see things like that. So, you know, and th- the other stuff is all, it's the same thing everywhere. Union negotiations, people complaining if crime, you know, it's um, I think if there's I think if there is the hardest thing about being mayor, hmm. it would be that you personalize some of the problems that poverty reflects. Whereas if you're even if you're governor and I'm not saying that the governor doesn't care about these things, that's not true. The governor generally, like the mayor of Philadelphia, is so far above it, he just can't worry about every little shooting that takes place. Well, guess what? The mayor gets a I get a flash the minute there is a shooting. And if there's somebody injured, if there's some tragedy, you feel it personally because it's you're so close to it. And so that, you know, I think that's if there is a difference, uh, you know, if there is a description of this of this undertaking uh, that has been a joy and a privilege in my life. It is that there is this, this sense of responsibility for every little corner of the city and every little problem that it has. And 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 and, and the. Uh, <clears throat> the victories as well, and you know that's pretty, um, pretty special feelings associated with doing the right thing and coming together with collaborating with people like yourself, where we have we have great victories together. We we transform streets, we transform big sections of the city. It's a marvelous feeling. You know, you, you touch on a very interesting dynamic for the city of Wilmington uh, that it is uh, a smaller kind of city. Mm-hmm. In Philadelphia, I often describe to people, 
uh, you know, Wilmington's 70,000 people. It's basically a big neighborhood in Philadelphia. What it is, yeah. Um, but your approach, um, I think, is is, is um, particularly um, effective. And, and I know you. I've seen you, you. You get involved with the communities. You get to know people. You get to know neighborhood leaders. You listen, um, which is so essential to... Um, not just constituent services, but trying to make change happen because the city, uh, even though it's smaller than Philadelphia, it's got the same problems, the same kind of problems yep. uh, that Philadelphia has. Can you talk about, um, you know, through through your two terms here uh, and dealing with these neighborhoods and particular challenges? You, you know, we we both are are connected uh, to the land bank here in in Wilmington. Mm-hmm. We've got a number of vacant properties, you know, those kind of challenges in trying to lift up neighborhoods. Yeah. So I think a part of dealing with um, the challenges that I deal with every day is that there's a human there's a human instinct to resist change. So whatever it is you want to do, I will guarantee you there are a bunch of people out there who are trying to resist that whatever it is. And it doesn't matter what it is. There was a marvelous uh, quote. I saw. I'll get. I'll get this close enough. But um, of all people, it was Jean Paul Sartre. He would not be expecting to make such an earthy observation of human behavior. But he said, "The only people who have time to rock the boat are the people who are not rowing." <laughs> and I love it. I just mm-hmm. love it because I live in a world of rowers and rockers, and that's you know really what you wind up with in this life. You've seen people who are really trying to row the boat, you mm-hmm. uh, and a whole bunch of, of you know the woodlawn folks and the, and the young developers who want to really build and develop, and then you get people who just want to complain about things, and they just there's always something to complain about. And it's just that's that you you know you live in that world, and I think that that is that characterizes uh, a good bit of the of the of the political dynamic at, at the highest level, you know. So then you get to the <clears throat> then you get to the issues that, of course, that are most important to us, and that is that we want to transform we want to transform our communities. Look, poverty from a distance has a romance to it. Poverty up close is really tough to bear. People, you know, I mean, look, I live in a I live in a pretty comfortable world and I try to tell the people I know you have no idea how tough it is on people day to day. You know, even folks who are working and making maybe a respectable wage, you can't make you can't pay your bills anymore. That's a problem. And so. And so this kind of permeates, this kind of permeates, uh, I don't want to say, I don't want to say, yeah, I mean, in, in a sense, it permeates the culture. It permeates how people deal with poverty in a day-to-day basis. And, and somehow the efforts that we make every day, Kevin, somehow we're trying to, we're trying to transform that. But it's an unbelievably difficult lift. And we deal with kids. The other day I was with people from Child Inc. We sat in my office and talked about their mission. And they talk about kids who go to teachers and say, I don't want to go home. You've got yeah. to help me. I don't want to go home. I mean, imagine this. Wow. And so, you know, this goes on. I deal with, uh, we had three, we we were called to, to, um, 
to homes where there were three dead children, three dead children, all under three years old. And everybody had, everybody had a reason what happened. I don't know. They went to bed last night, and I don't know what happened. They woke up, and you didn't wake up. We take them to the hospital. The hospital said, no, the child's been abused. Oh. I mean, so this, this goes on, and you try to deal with this, try to deal dispassionately, but at the same time, you can't be too clinical about this. These are human beings. These are, these are tragedies. It's not just the tragedy of the child. It's the tragedy of a mother. It's the tragedy of... The, of the drugs that go that permeate their existences, you know, it's, but that's, that's up close and personal. That's really what you deal with all the time. And, and yet you've got a whole chorus of, of the people I told you that are rocking the boat. They're telling you, I'm doing it wrong. Here's what you have to do. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, you need this, that, and the other thing, ignoring the fact that these other things uh, have an expense associated far beyond our ability to, to fund them. And then I think, you know, the other thing that's so sad is that, you know, government is uniquely incapable of providing love and putting arms around children. And that's really, really is what's at the, it's kind of the glue that holds societies together. Yeah. And so it's, it's nice to be able to say, here's what this child needs, go ahead and supply it. And I'm saying, well, it's just, that just doesn't work. In the real world, every once in a while, you find, you find people who are just so capable of conveying that that affection and that love and that support that children need. Most of the time you just don't find that there's, there are not that many of those folks out there. So this is a, this is a, this is a massive, massive uh, societal problem that we have to deal with. And it's not, I always tell people Wilmington does not have problems. Wilmington has America's problems. Yeah. You've touched on the complexities of, um, (laughs) of neighborhoods. um, Yeah. Government has a right, has a role to play. Nonprofits, uh, faith groups, elite, other leaders have a, a role to play. And, and I think that uh, what I've seen under your leadership is really working to, to galvanize all of us to work together, right? Because, right, the city of Wilmington, you, your administration, you can only do so much. You need other people who bring other kinds of services to bear, Um you know, a good example is what we were all doing on the east side of Wilmington. We have a lot of people pulling on the rope there. Yep. Um, the city is bringing to bear what it can in terms of resources, uh, direction, leadership. Uh, tell, tell, talk to us a little bit about, um, you know, kind of where the east side has been. And with all of this work, where do you see the east side ending up here in the next few years, next well, the start, the start of the story is that we, and actually, it's actually a little before this, before uh, the American Rescue Plan, I had already determined to take $5 million and put it into the east side. <clears throat> and uh, I put it into community development, but uh, I tried to explain to members of council who each of them would like to have some portion of that money for their own neighborhoods. I said, if we spread that money all over and we try to do everything, we'll get nothing done. So we have to focus in an area. Well, in the middle of all that came the ARPA funds. And so we got $55 million. We had uh, we had about a $10 million budgetary need because of pandemic and related uh, deficits. And then the, ba- the, the balance of that $45 million, we did, we did a variety of things, with, including crime reduction kind of programs. But at the same time, I said we're going to take twenty million dollars and put it into the east side because it's got a, 
it's got a there's a there's an historical foundation that East Side has that other neighborhoods don't necessarily have. I think it's a it's a um, there's a geometry to the East Side that I think we can get our arms around. Um, and we went in there and and our approach has been we, we if we put enough money into the East Side and can change East Side, every other neighborhood will say it happened there. Okay, now we know how we know what's the the, the plan to get it done in other parts of the city. Uh-huh. So we started and we've done things that people uh, things seen and unseen. So for example. Uh, you know, we the first thing, one of the ver- very first things we did is we went in and we cleaned out all these alleys that, that are just, they're just part of the east side plan. And frankly, they become overgrown, trash filled. They become just the worst of the worst places, but they permeate the entire city because they're just everywhere. Everywhere you turn around, there's another alley and you look in the alley and it's all the, all the garbage, all the garbage you can imagine stuck in these alleys. So we just went out there and i can't remember what we budgeted for this, but we had uh, a dozen young men who went out there and just cleaned alley after alley after alley all over the all over that part of town. Uh, we have an agreement; it hasn't started yet, but we have an agreement to um, to put security cameras throughout the entire neighborhood and over into the northeast, the other side of Vandiver as well. The you know state of the art uh, security cameras, so that to the extent that we need tools to try to find the people who are making life miserable for people, uh-huh. we can do that. Uh, <clears throat> as you well know, we've uh, we've allocated millions of dollars uh, to both you and to Woodlawn Trustees to to build a total, I think, of about fifty houses. Does that sound right to you? Yeah, fifty brand new houses on the east side on Bennett Street and on other and other parts of the city. We have, um, I think we've, we have about 80 rehabs. So we're taking 80 houses that are uh, in disrepair, vacants uh, of every category of, of disuse, and we're going to rehab them entirely. We'll spend 100 to $200,000 on a house, and then we'll make that available for resale, in some cases for rent as well. But, you know, we're trying to build the housing stock over there so people – People live there. People t- tend who own things tend to take care of them better. Um, of course, you know the blessing to us is the Bancroft School is being rebuilt over there. Not rebuilt. We're tearing down the old one, and the governor's dedicated about a hundred million. It might be ninety, it might be one hundred and five, but it's a massive, massive infusion of the east side. First, uh, the first school built in the city in forty or fifty years. Wow! Wow! So, you know, you go through this whole list of things, including the Urban Art Exchange that we just talked about, and programmatically the work, we're, the help we're getting from from Howard High School, uh, the Votech School, to get young men to follow a construction trades path and to come to work on our, you know, on our on our uh, projects. We have o- almost every house that we uh, redevelop is being done by minority contractors. I mean, it's the whole. It's the whole package, everything that we're trying to infuse into the neighborhood uh, by uh, providing housing, providing some economic inv- uh, uh, benefits, and then and then just increasing uh, in the appearance of all of our parks. We have Herman Holloway Park. We're going to spend a million and a half to two million dollars over there. Uh, I know I've left something out, but that's a pretty good overview of what we're doing over there. Yeah, and, and it's, to me, that those what you've covered is not only – uh, where, you know, a house where somebody's going to live, yeah. but also the environment around them as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. As you know, the, the partnership that we've had with the city of Wilmington 
It's been a longstanding partnership going back to our formation in 1986. Um, but I've never seen it as broad as it is now under your administration where, yes, you're helping us build affordable housing. Uh, yes, you're helping us engage with the neighborhoods to find out what other kind of investments they want to see, like ring doorbells. Um, you know, we're also um, involved with doing the repair work. Uh, we're grateful uh, to the city and to your administration for, for the trust in us with the uh, ARPA money to expand our repair program. We've done, uh, I believe, close to 140 repairs on the, the east side of Wilmington the last two years, um, you know, helping. You ought to expand on that, Kevin, because I don't think people understand what a real gift that program is. Yeah. And why we selected you is because you already had the infrastructure in place and already had the history. But we, our original plan was <clears throat> to the houses over there, uh, that looked a little bit rundown. By the way, if people who, as I said, by definition, don't have the resources to fix their own homes, uh, they'd like to, but they just don't have those resources. So we, our original pass at this was to say, okay, we're going to give you a new roof so you don't have to suffer through all the leakage and everything else, which will ruin a home in no time. New windows, new doors, and new trim because we want to we wanted to keep the appearance of things. Well, we got into those houses and realized that that's great, except people didn't have a heater that worked. Didn't have they had no air conditioning, you know, and they had a they had a a, a toilet that was about to sag through the floor because it had, it had rotted away. So, what started out as kind of a bare bones improvement program wound up to be a really fairly comprehensive one. And nothing could make me any prouder than what we're doing for folks. And I, you know, I mean, it's a it's a big program, so it's it never runs as perfectly as you'd like, but in the end, people are very grateful. And, and it's, to me, it's part of that, part of the effort to strengthen neighborhoods. Uh, we totally agree because we think it's key that you sustain the home ownership that's in these neighborhoods. A lot of them seniors, a lot of them are people who've been living there for decades. Yeah. You know, we can build new housing, which is just as important, but we need those stalwarts to be able to age in place as well. And I think uh, you're, your influx of, uh, of that kind of capital has, has made a big difference there on the east side. Um, if we can just, uh, you mentioned about the investment with us and others to build affordable housing. Um, for folks who don't know, uh, we just uh, finished a couple of years work of building 12 houses on the 700 block of Bennett. Now the city's gonna join us uh, in, in the next phase, which is 12 houses on the 900 block of Bennett at Bennett Point and also across the street after that. Um, can you walk us through a little bit of what Bennett, what Bennett Street was like maybe four or five years ago and what the transformation is going to look like here in another year and a half to two yeah, years? Yeah, no, it's a pretty remarkable change. I mean, Bennett was just one of those. Um, it's a funny street because it's, it's uh, I don't want to say it's, it's hard to get there, but it's it's not the it's not the street you pass when you just happen to go through a normal circulation in the east side, and um, it just what a worn down, neglected place it was. The housing partnership started how many houses over there, Kevin? I can't remember, but they, yeah, yeah. So they they did a real nice job. They started the job, and frankly, they went and they had some financial difficulties and couldn't finish the job, and we turned it over to you all in the Woodlawn. You all, you finished that, as, as I recall. Mm -hmm. And then you went across the 
across the street and just did a beautiful job over there. So that end of Bennett Street right now looks like as nice a street as there is in Wilmington. Then you keep traveling down there. I don't know how many homes we demolished, but it was an entire block or two of homes that just got demolished because they were in such horrible disrepair. There was no saving them anymore. So, you know, essentially we have right now we have green space and a couple of holdouts, people that don't want to sell. But when this is over, it's going to be a completely transformed street in the city of Wilmington. And, and it's only because of the great kind of work that you all do. And then with partners uh, like Woodlawn who are going to come in there and, and, uh, and do, the, do the good work that it takes to build affordable housing. You know, the, um, the ha- it's funny about the housing market. Here's what's happening, that uh, the increase in prices are, are brutal, right? And yet abilities, people's ability to pay is probably heading in the other direction. So you've got increased cost with, with a relatively lower ability to pay. And the model that you use is so fantastic because you can get people in there uh, because of, of, of the, um, the kind of participatory construction that you have. Uh, you don't, you know, you don't charge people interest when you buy the house. They're folks who really, they, they be, they're part of the participants. So there's such ownership. And so that's such a beautiful way to, to create the ownership model in our city. And then, uh, and then of course, you know, we have some others who don't, who don't do it the way Habitat does. But uh-huh. Nonetheless, they find ways to create subsidies so that these homes have, have real value the day people open the door, that they're buying them well below the market. And as soon as the neighborhoods start to come back, we have folks who never have had equity in their houses almost have equity for showing up for waking up in the morning. And that's a blessing all in itself. Yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah, I really look forward to what the east side is going to look like here coming into the future. You know, historically, the home ownership rate has only been about 30 yeah, percent on the east side. And now you're looking at it being closer to 50 percent, which yep. Habitat's view that helps to create stability in a neighborhood when you have, um, you know, at least half of the residents are homeowners. Um, just, you know, starting to wrap up here as you look forward uh, into the rest of your term and and, and maybe a third term, um, what, what do you see as, uh, as you know, what you're going to be focused on going forward and, and, and what, you're, um, what you're optimistic about so that the city yeah. can become all it can be? Yeah, that's uh, it's uh, your last few words um, are what drive me, and that is we just want to make Wilmington become the very best version of itself that it can be. You know, on the commercial side, the development side, we really have it's the the the, the pace of improvement is tremendous. Market Street and the riverfront continue continue to evolve at a tremendously. Uh, uh, optimistic pace, you know, uh, there's something new coming up all the time. If we can, if we can take that momentum and, and get that into our neighborhoods, you'd have the full package. You'd have a city that is thriving in every part of the city. It's actually doing very well in commercial, in commercial sense everywhere. Uh, On the apartment side, we're building more and more per pound than I think any city around. We've really, we've got a lot of development going on. But you just have to look to Amani Village up in the northeast and near river, um, Riverside to see what can be done if you focus uh, if you focus energy, commitment, 
dollars, you name it. If it all comes together, remember what I said earlier. If everybody's in the boat rowing together, it's remarkable what can get done. And so if you take a look at that fabulous project that just got a $50 million choice neighborhood grant, that's going to translate into hundreds of millions of dollars of development over time. Um, and the things that we continue to do in West Center City and the things we're doing on Lower and Lower Hilltop, you know, we've got to start getting into other neighborhoods. But I think the, the key is we, we have to make everybody feel that they're part of the prosperity in every corner of the city. Everybody's got to feel as though they're part of the prosperity. And once you get that, I think, I think you start to see kind of a, a behavioral shift across the board. And that results, by the way, in, in a lot of ways, lessening crime, more people working, not necessarily having to put clean teams out. I didn't mention that before. We put clean teams in neighborhoods all across the city. So when people come to the city of Wilmington, they say, boy, you've got a really clean city. Yeah, well, that's not by accident. Right. You know, right. work at it. So, you know, th that's the way I look at everything. Um, we're probably down to 30 seconds, right? Well, let me just tell you, I... I, I look at things that are that everybody would agree need to be done, but there's always a reason not to do it, and my commitment is to get them done. And that's how I feel about the city, too. Well, again, thank you so much for your time today and, of course, for your partnership with Habitat for Humanity. We greatly value uh, what we're able to do together here in the city of Wilmington. And we want to thank uh, all of our listeners for listening to this episode of HOPE, where housing opens possibilities everywhere. Join us on the 15th of every month for new episodes and how we are working to build homes, community, and hope here in Delaware. For more information about Mayor Pazicki and what's going on in the city of Wilmington, visit www.wilmingtonde.gov. And for more information about Habitat for Humanity, Newcastle County, please visit www.habitatncc.org. <music>